Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. We really hope we see you there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I remember the first time my husband drove me in my wheelchair out of the hospital from the 15th floor to the ground floor. And I was outside and it was a day like today, cold but sunny. And I was just elated. The, the sky had never been this blue, ever. <laughs> and so just feeling the sun on my, on my skin, I thought, oh my gosh, I am so grateful and privileged to be alive today. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Shall I Delete That. Today is a special day because we have a special guest. While Em basks in her beautiful baby bubble. God, that was good alliteration, wasn't it? Um, I'm calling on special guests to help me out with the intros. And this week we have Georgie Swallow. Hey! <laughs> whoop whoop. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It felt right to have you on because you and Em are besties and I love you. And guys, Georgie has a wonderful Instagram account. If you don't follow her already, what are you doing? You have to. She's fab. And exactly. you supported the podcast so much, which is so cool of you. You're just great. And I'm just excited. So thanks for coming on. You're very welcome. I'd like to be like introed into every day of my life just like that, please. <laughs> every day I wake up, I just want to hear all those lovely things and just say, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I often I often think that. I often think like it would be so good to like hype yourself up, like record yourself, hyping yourself up, like enlisting like all your achievements and then play it like as your alarm clock. How great would that be? That would be so brilliant. Like get up and be like, you're a rock star. You're amazing. You've achieved this so far. Like keep at yeah. it. I would wake up with like a pep in my step. Right. Rather than like the sound of nightmares. What's happening? Wake up with sheer panic and anxiety before you've even started your day. Do your dogs hate that alarm sound as well? I honestly don't think they hear it. They could sleep through anything. Yeah, really? it would, okay. they will get up throughout the night and bark at nothing, but the alarm clock goes off this week <laughs> right through. <laughs> Honestly. And I think they know that they're doing it too. They're like, mm, she's snoozing, let's get her up. <laughs> that is so annoying. It drives me around the bend, but they're cute, so I let them off. Okay, okay. They are so cute. The little Aren't pugs. They? Yeah. So, Aren't they adorable? So cute. <laughs> I mean, I'm biased, but. No, they're dead cute. Um, do you have a good for us today? So Georgie's bringing her good, bad and awkwards. Uh, I'm excited. I do indeed. And it's a very good good. I mean, this was, I think this is going to be my good yeah. 
for the next few months and it was meeting little Arlo Rose oh. at six days old I met Em's oh. teeny tiny little bub and she's oh. perfect she's perfect oh she's gorgeous isn't she what was she like was she tiny oh. Honestly, I realize I say this and she's only six days old, but you can just tell she's going to be an amazing human. I would literally, I went no. over and I was, I prepared myself. I was going to see this adorable thing and cry because who doesn't see a little tiny newborn baby and think it's the cutest thing in the world. But I sat with her and I looked at her and every time I looked down at her for too long, I burst into tears because she is that damn precious. No. Like little angel, little face. And I'm not going to lie, babies. Babies, when they're that fresh, can sometimes be a bit odd because you don't really know what to expect. They've just come out of their little comfy womb. Yeah. What are they going to look like? How are they going to be? Are they going to like you? She was yeah. perfect. She was perfect. Oh, <laughs> Auntie Georgie. Honestly, so sweet. And Em and Al obviously are doing so well. They were just so chilled. They were just like, here, here's my tiny bundle of joy. Love it. Enjoy it. And I did. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, you you need you need to get yourself down there while it's still teeny tiny. Yeah, I'm going tomorrow and I'm so excited. <gasps> I can't oh wait. My God. Oh, it's so, gonna be amazing. I know, and so tomorrow I'm meeting M's baby for the first time, and also my other god is my sister's baby for the first time because she gave birth yesterday. Congratulations! Yeah. Oh my god, how is she? <laughs> She's doing good, actually. She's doing good. She had a C-section as well. So Em gave her yeah. loads of advice. Um, they were chatting beforehand because Catherine was terrified. She's super squeamish and like just hates anything like that. So this whole nine months, she's been shit scared. So, I'm not surprised um, though. Like that's yeah. pretty daunting. Like, hi, you're going to go into an operating room. We're going to take the baby out of your stomach. Like, I would be terrified. It's a lot. It's a lot. Isn't it? It's a lot. I <laughs> would be absolutely beside myself. Right. Um so yes, we went to the hospital yesterday, but you're only allowed two visitors. Um, so we couldn't see her. So her husband like held the baby up to the window and we like, oh my <laughs> we were outside the that... window being like, ah, like Michael Jackson me... style. I was going to say, why does that make me think of Simba in The Lion King when he's like, yeah. like here's, here's your new king. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it felt like that slash Michael Jackson, but don't worry, she was not dangled out the window. Was she? Okay, la, well, that's handy. But she was, you know, like show her kingdom like everything exactly. that like touches in London doesn't belong to you but for now we'll pretend it does <laughs> I love that that's so sweet so yeah but pretty much pretty much so I'm meeting them both tomorrow so that is definitely yeah that is that is my good of the week that's gonna be such a good day meeting two babies in one day I, I, I'm not emotionally prepared honestly no you're gonna lose it don't wear <laughs> unwaterproof mascara because I made that mistake meeting Arlo and I like walked out looking like a panda so oh. <laughs> think ahead no mascara <laughs> tomorrow that's a good shout that's a good that's a good shout actually um do you have do you have a bad for me I, I do it's been it's been a tough week because I've got two I'm gonna go <laughs> in strong <laughs> you know us too well Georgie yes yes um, so the first one, and it sounds really dramatic when I say it, but I was in a car crash, an actual car crash. Yeah, I know. Dramatic, right? Oh Turns God. out I was perfectly fine. Both both vehicles were perfectly fine as well. But it was yeah. terrifying. I drive this tiny, tiny little black car. I mean, actually, I am loaning it 
as well because I've had a knee op, so I can't drive my manual, so I'm borrowing an automatic. So it's not even my car, and it's tiny and there's ginormous i mean I'm, I'm making it sound a lot you know more dramatic than it needs to be but this ginormous van <laughs> cuts across me smacks the tail of my car came screeching to a halt no it was a very <gasps> calm like organized stop but still yes yeah, some van decided to turn across oh, me hit gosh. the back of my car and it was absolutely terrifying <laughs> were you on a motorway no i was literally driving through london in a 20 mile an hour zone so Thankfully, we were all perfectly fine. But I think I think they just didn't look and they turned across me and didn't realise I was in front of them or as close as I was. And they just decided to <gasps> shove me across the road. And then the cheek of it tried to blame it on me. And I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, hang on. Right, firstly, <laughs> what an idiot. How do you not know where, how far the car ahead of, even I know that, right? Well, this how- is the thing. So I was in front of them on the left-hand side. They were turning left, so they would have to have crossed my road to turn into the road they want to turn into. And I'm in front of them because they've hit the tail of my car. And it's like they've just turned and not looked down. I'm like, I know I'm in a little car, but I am here. Yeah, you do have to look at the road. Okay? You still you can't... have to look down, okay? Yeah. You can't just like close your eyes and hope for the best. Oh, I, I mean, left... that's usually how I drive, but no, <laughs> <laughs> So wait, and how did it, I'm guessing it was a he. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a male driver. There were two men in the car. Um, and I got out and I was like, you know, when you're a bit, you're a bit shaken and I haven't been in any form of a car accident since I like just passed my test. So I was fucking nervous and I was like, oh my God. And I was like, no, there are two men there. I have to stand my own and be, you know, be a bit of a force. Cause I know, I, I mean, I know I wasn't in the wrong. And so I got out my car and, and I was like, and the first thing I did, I gave myself this little pep talk and I was like, Georgie, be tough. Like, don't, don't accept anything. Don't do, like, make sure you get all the details. And I came, I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Is everyone okay? Is everyone okay? And I was like, Georgie, this is not the chat we just had. Georgie. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, but no, thankfully they were all okay. We swapped details and... And they'll be getting a letter from my lawyer. No, they won't. <laughs> oh my God, that is so terrifying. I would absolutely shit my pants. It really I mean, was. Like, it was really terrifying. And annoyingly, I was meant to be off going to like a physio appointment. But it did have a little silver lining because it meant I was still so close to Em's house. It was after I met little baby Arlo that I okay. could turn around, go to theirs and spend more time with the baby. So... Okay, win, that's win. good. That's like, good. You win some, okay. you lose some. <laughs> yeah, swings and roundabouts. <laughs> what's your what's your other bad? I love that you oh, came with two. That's so unbranded. I know, I know. No, so my second one. So as you know, I've got two little pugs, which are the apples of my eye, but they're getting a bit older and they spend a lot more time with my yeah. mum because I live in a flat in London, lots of stairs, doesn't make much sense. And so I want to rescue a little doggy. And I made a connection online with this little gorgeous dog called Snoopy. I say little, he was ginormous. Um, and I saw his tiny eyes in his pictures on the oh. on the rehoming website. And I thought he is meant to come home with me. So I applied, got the email, we love your application. Let's have a call. So I'm like on it, let's go. Yeah. And sadly, someone beat me to the punch. So it's like it's like oh. sad for me, but good for him. So I'm I'm happy he has a home, but I'm bitter that it's not with me. <laughs> oh, do you know what? That is so gutting, especially if it was like you were you'd skipped ahead in your head you know and you were like already he was yours he was coming home to you I'd already decided so his name was Snoopy he was about three years old and I'd already been calling him Snoops 
and I and I had this little thing. I was like, oh, I can boop Snoop's snoot. Like I could boop his little nose. And I was telling everyone, I was like, he's going to be my dog. And I mean, it was slightly premature because <laughs> I hadn't even had a call with them. But, and I'd also seen that they'd, you know, like reshared him a few times. So I think he wasn't getting any traction. And I thought oh. this is meant to be, I was like, I've seen him at the right time. He's oh. going to come home with me. He's like great with dogs. He's going to be best friends with the pugs. No, no. Oh, I'm gutted, George. Yeah. But there are so many. You'll definitely find another one. Obviously, you'll find another one. But you'll find another one you feel the connection with as well. And then that one will meant that will be that will meant to be that will be meant to be that will meant meant to be be what meant what <laughs> that is really hard. That one no. will meant to be right. Will mean to be that Fuck. one will be meant. That one will be meant to be. I don't there know. There you go. There Maybe. You go. Something like, Exactly. I believe that it all happens for a reason. So he's gone to the okay. home that he should have gone to. So win-win. Okay. But um, what, what's your bad? So, well, I, you'll laugh. I've got two bads as well. And and right now, right now <laughs> Daisy is rolling her eyes because she's like, guys, I gave you 15 minutes. And we're all always 15 minutes through. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> I'll, I will go get through them very quickly. My two bads. Uh, my bad happened a few hours ago. Betty woke us up by vomiting in the bed. <gasps> oh, Betty. Oh, because how could you? She'd eaten an acorn. How did she even digest it? I mean, I guess she didn't digest it, but how did she even get it down? I, I actually need to like Google what it is that she ate because I know it's an acorn, but it's not. It's like a an acorn pine, like a little. Um... Is it like the thing with a little hat on? Yes. Is that a baby acorn? I think so. It's like it's like a little. It's yeah. like a little nugget with a hat on. Exactly. Yes. 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 Oh, that's that solid. I think it's an acorn baby. Yeah, she she vomited up an entire acorn baby. An entire oh one. H- whole, solid, hadn't been chewed, hadn't been touched. She'd obviously picked it up from Down the- in one. So I literally woke up to, ooh, 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 ooh. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. So I was like, quick, let's get off the bed. Let's get off the bed too late. All over the bed. <laughs> and then I was like, what is she sicked up? And for a second I was like, oh my God, it's a huge grape. And obviously like dogs are super allergic yeah, to grapes. So I was like, oh. We don't even have grapes in the house. And I was like, no, no, wait, it's this like solid acorn. I hate that I'm laughing because I'm so sorry, but I can just <laughs> picture it because I've been in the same sh- like boat with the pugs. If one of them's sick and I feel awful, it doesn't matter how sick they're being. All I'm thinking is get off the bed, get off the bed, get off, get the, get bed. off the bed. I was like, we've just changed the sheets. I was like, no, no. Betty. Like we've got a wood f- wooden floor. She could have sicked on the wooden floor, but obviously no. Betty six where Betty wants to sick. So that was fun. Um, but my other, oh, my, my other bad this week, honestly, I got full on mansplained to in the gym. Ugh. So ew. I, I don't think it's ever happened to me before. Probably has, but not to this extent. I went to a spin class and like I've been going to spin. I love it's 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 kind of that and boxing are the only things that I really like doing exercise wise. I hate mm. everything else. Hate running, like don't enjoy the yoga parties, blah blah blah. So I do sp- so spinning is the only thing that I've like consistently done for years now. And I went to a new spin class where they had this, like you have to do this. Te- you start off with this test which I just didn't understand I was I was new there but but also I wasn't I didn't really need to understand I was just like in my own I was just doing my own thing and doing your thing yeah I was enjoying it like ne- nevertheless and then afterwards this guy was like okay so um 
you didn't do that test right. And then he went on, and I'm not kidding you, I was there for 25 minutes while he was explaining to me why I was not doing right and that. And he said, and if you're here to lose weight, <gasps> I know. He's like, if you're here to lose weight, what you're best off doing is going faster. And, make, and I was like, oh, I'm not here to lose weight. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was like, for fuck's Ew. sake. Oh Honestly, my God. I'm just sitting here with an ick already. Like you just think like, okay, cool. If you want to be helpful and think that you're trying to help someone and explain something, nice. Keep it short, sweet, and don't mention weight. Go away. Like I know. I know. I was like, what? Why? Why are you mentioning weight? I'm not here to lose weight. Why would you assume that? And also, like, just let me do my thing. My sa- mm. It was lunchtime. My sandwich was waiting for me. Oh. I was so excited to go and get it. And I was like, I'm having to listen to this moron. It ha- and he was like, also, it's a your seat's a bit too your seat's a bit too low for you as well. And he was like, get on, get on, and I'll show you. And I was like, no, I don't want to get back on. And you show me. Go away. Let me go. Anyway, that was I'm, definitely. I am bad. curious I was though. Furious. Was he the instructor or just a normal human? Oh, no. No, no, no. Sorry, I did not explain that properly. He was not the instructor. (gasps) He was just the guy who did the class next to me. Oh, my God. I I, would have pushed him over and gone got my sandwich. (laughs) We had... There was an amazing female instructor who afterwards was just looking at me like, I'm so sorry, babe. Like, I'm so sorry. She was trying to save me at various (laughs) different points. And I was like... Just let me go, mate. Let me go. Like, it's a waste of your time too. Let me go. Oh, not impressed. <sighs> I know. But yeah, no, he was not the instructor. It was fucking awful. And I was like, this is like proper mansplaining. So. Enjoyable, enjoyable spin class for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was until it finished. And I was like, fuck. Um, <laughs> do you have an awkward for me? I'm sure you do. <laughs> I, I do. And it's probably, yeah. I mean, it's me. Of course I do. (laughs) Um, And it's probably, I don't know if it was off the back of, I I didn't get Snoopy. So my head was just in, I need to find a dog mode. I don't know. But I went for a walk in the park. It was having a lovely time. You know, when you're looking about, I like, you know, perusing the dogs in the park. Listener, Georgie loves dogs, (laughs) all dogs. And she will say hi to every single dog that crosses her path. It's amazing. My awkward was, I went for a walk in the park and... As I'm walking, this other dog kind of feels like it's walking with me, but there wasn't a human with it. And I'm always like, well, he's having a little run round. But for what felt like a really long time, there wasn't a human with it. Oh. And as I, well, that's the thing. So that's I scary. just think I would rather just make sure that the human's there. Otherwise I'll, I'll pick up the dog and claim it as my own. Um, <laughs> I won't do that, maybe. Um, <laughs> and as I get to the end of my walk, to the end of the park, the dog is still like loitering around. And I thought, right, this dog hasn't found its owner. So I, you know, summon it over with my best doggy voice and I pick it up <laughs> thinking, right, I'll see if it's got a collar, blah, blah, blah. And a woman came running over to me. She went off my dog. <laughs> You're joking. Oh my God. Get off That's my dog. Someone's dog. Stealing her dog. I would think someone was stealing my dog. <laughs> and I and dog. I picked it up and the panic and I couldn't get the words out of saying, I'm so sorry. I saw the dog and I thought it was, you know, in trouble. I just went, oh my god, I'm sorry, put it down and ran away. <laughs> so if that person by any chance is listening to this, I promise I wasn't stealing your dog. <laughs> oh Georgie, that's so funny. Honestly, it <laughs> so kills cute. me. 
absolutely kills me. So please make me feel better with your awkward. <laughs> I love that. So sweet. Um, I love that you didn't explain yourself. You were just like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just trying to take it. But um, yeah, okay, bye. I, well, I couldn't, like, I couldn't get the words out that were very sensible words. Like, I, I was aware that your dog looked alone. I didn't want it leaving and going on the road. So I thought I'd just pick him up and, and look for someone. But no, I just went, oh, my God, sorry. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> so uh, my awkward I um d- we went to we were driving through town and I went needed to go into the supermarket so Dave was like you run in drop me off uh you run in and I'll be waiting out here I run in get what I needed to get I go back out and see his car and go around to the passenger's side and we've got a car that um locks automatically very good feature actually love it because when I'm in there by myself I am always terrified so I I enjoy enjoy that feature um but it's annoying when I want to get in the passenger side because I try once it never works and then Dave has to unlock it and I'm always like oh like huffy about it even though it's not his fault (laughs) it's not his fault but it is his fault exactly you you feel me so I I Pulled it, didn't work. So I was pulled it again, didn't work. So I was like pulling it like Dave. And then I just like bent down to be like Dave. And I was (gasps) like, that's not Dave. (laughs) That is another man who is looking at me in this, with this face of like slight, like it, it was a mixture of like shock and like, I don't know what to do. And like, am I okay? And I was like, oh. I'm so sorry. I was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, madam, I'm so sorry. And just ran. Because to me, right, I I don't know a first thing about cars. And I should know what my car looks like. But to me, a black car is a black car. Or maybe you should know what your maybe you should know what your husband looks like. Possibly. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> but a black car is a black car, you know? I I mean oh my God. I mean, I've learned my I lesson. Can't. Yeah. I like that. I tried to steal a dog. You tried to steal a car. It's been a good week. <laughs> I love that. There we go. Perfect. We're aligned. Love that. <laughs> oh my God. Brilliant. So there we go. <laughs> Fairly awkward, actually, on both of our on both of our parts. So mm-hmm. excellent. Yeah, I'm. I feel like I'm refeeling it all over again. So it's a win. <laughs> right on to the guest today our interview and oh my god it was a uh, uh georgie i can't wait for you to listen to this one it was like such an incredible interview it's with sarah de Lagarde. um it's a super emotional interview so sarah suffered a really horrendous and tr- very traumatic accident in september where she lost an arm and a leg and you know this has happened fairly recently but she's made amazing progress since then as she's just since been learning to like rebuild her life and deal with the trauma that she faced um and it was a super emotional interview I think Em and I cried throughout Uh it um but it was so incredibly inspiring to use a very cliched word um and I think there is something that we can everyone can glean from this episode it's obviously not a super relatable you know interview but there is something that everyone can take from it because her positivity in the face of what's happened to her is just incredible insane um I'm so happy that she came on and it's such a great interview I know I say that about every single one but I mean it it is it's brilliant um and I can't wait for you all to listen um so enjoy it and Georgie thank you so much for being here 
It's been wonderful. Thank you for having me and letting me relive some embarrassment that happened this week. And I can't wait to listen to this episode. <laughs> You're a star. We have, we can't wait. We, we, we're, we're definitely going to have you back for sure. You come, you need to come back and do an, we need to come back and interview you. Oh my God. I'd love that. Absolutely yeah, love that. Okay. So listeners stay tuned and enjoy the interview. Hi, thank you so much for coming to speak to us. Um, I, well, my mum actually put me onto your story earlier, just before Christmas, you went on Women's Hour and my mum talked about you every single day over Christmas. She's like, I just can't (laughs) stop thinking about this amazing woman and you have to have her on the podcast. I was like, she's not going to want to come on the podcast. But you did. So yeah, I'm here. Thank I'm you here. so much. And I mean, I, I, I don't know where to start because you've just had the craziest time and your story is just so bonkers. Um, but maybe if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Sarah Delagarde. I had a fairly um, normal life before the accident. I um, had a full time job in, in somewhere in, in the city and uh, um, I'm married. I've got two children, two daughters and uh, yeah, they're eight and 12. And um, yeah, just, a, you know, I live in Camden. <laughs> it's not really, uh, I didn't have an extraordinary life before. And then on the 30th of September on that Friday, something happened that mm. would change my life forever. So yeah, that's that's that. And it's remarkably recent, isn't it? It's what, four months ago? Yes, four months. Yeah. It's unbelievable because, I mean, to see you here today, you look, gr- I mean, obviously your life has changed beyond measure and we'll get into that. But it's, um, yeah, it's it's so cool to like see you here and like looking great and happy and yeah. Thank you. I guess... I guess I'm positive because I always think about what could have happened. I could have died that night um, at least 10 times, according to you know, various people who were part of the, the, the rescue mission. Um, so for me, it's really every time, I, every day when I wake up, I feel, I'm so happy that I'm alive. <laughs> when I see my kids, I'm like, oh, I'm so happy I'm around them now. So, yeah. Oh, bless you. And can we ask what did happen on Friday the 30th of September? Yes, so I I was at work um, that day in the office and I stayed on a little bit later than I would usually. I had some projects to finish and then uh, I left the office quite late. I remember it, the weather being horrendous. It was quite windy, rainy, and I thought, oh, I need to take a cab to go home. And I just couldn't get one. And in the end, I thought, OK, I'm going to take the tube. Um, and uh, I remember sitting in, 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 in the carriage and I was so tired. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to rest my eyes for two minutes. And then I woke up in High Barnard, which is not my station. And I thought, oh, oh gosh. Um, I was a bit, I felt lost because I just woke up. So I rushed out of the the tube, realized, yeah, what am I doing? I actually need to stay on that tube to go back into London. And so I ran and there was um, water on the platform. I remember that. And I slipped and tripped and fell headfirst into the closing door of the tube and broke my nose, broke my front teeth, two, two teeth, and um, and I, I slid, um, I slid down the, the the carriage and fell on the on the gravel, um, and I remember falling into the darkness and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to be here, um, this is all sorts of wrong, mm. and um, and yeah, then the train departed and crushed my, I remember like 
trying to roll onto the side away from the train, but I was not fast enough and the train caught my, my arm and my leg. And yeah, I know. Oh my God. I'm yeah. so sorry. I know. I can, I can, so while I'm telling you this, I, um, I can see all the images of the train, the sound it made, the door does this beeping sound when it closes. Mm, so yeah. yeah, I remember all of that. And like, it's just, you weren't supposed to be there. Like, you know, it's just so, and what time, I mean, you said it was late at night. So you were you by yourself on the platform when it happened? Did anybody see it happen? So it wasn't that late on a Friday night because it was around nine-ish. Mm. Yeah. And I remember that there were people on the platform and I shouted for help, but nobody heard me. And I guess, you know, these days many people wear headphones or yeah. earpods and yeah. they probably didn't hear me. Well, they didn't hear me. Uh because of that or also because it was raining so and it's outside high barn it's, it? yeah it's an outside station so was there nobody in the carriage you know that you you crashed into was there nobody in that carriage i don't remember that yeah yes but even if you would be in that carriage you would just probably not see the impact yeah um, my full head they would just probably think oh somebody's rushed and didn't get in time to the door so yeah. you know or maybe there was no one in the carriage so you fell onto the platform. And yeah, onto the track. Onto the track, yeah, from sorry. The, yeah, platform, yeah, from onto the platform. The and by the train that left, the train that you should have been on then crushed you as it left the station. And then what happened after that? And then I, I, I remember thinking about my husband and my kids and thinking, I need to go home, they're expecting me. Um, and thought, I need to get out of here as, as fast as possible. And I remember looking to my right arm on the right you know and um and realized that that arm was gone I remember thinking that um I couldn't feel any pain so right adrenaline kicks in straight away and it's incredible how our bodies work I mean wow. I couldn't believe that I couldn't feel anything and yeah. um and wow. I had a mobile phone with me um very neon uh, casing of it and it had a it had a lanyard and also um, neon colored and it fell onto the tracks and I could see it in the dark I could see it glowing and I thought I need to get to my phone because yeah. if I get to my phone I can call my husband and let him know where I am and he could call for help and so I, I rolled over and I crawled over the tracks <laughs> to, the, to the phone and retrieved it um the paramedic who who consequently saved me from from there um, told me that I had been so close to the power line I could have oh, been electrocuted. Wow. I didn't know that at the time, but I managed to get my phone back, and um, and I I I tried to open it, but it wouldn't recognize my face because I had a broken mm, nose oh, and probably gosh. blood everywhere. So um, that didn't work. And then I tried with my left hand to type the the code into the phone, yeah. but it wouldn't recognize my fingerprints because the phone was wet because of the rain and so oh that didn't God. work and I remember thinking like okay okay if that doesn't work I need to go back to shouting because that's the only thing I can do yeah. I, 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 I can't really get up so yeah so I continued shouting um as loud as I could um somebody help me please my name is Sarah I don't want to die oh my god and did anybody hear you so not for a good I guess, you know, 20 minutes. 20 and then, minutes. And then the <sighs> next train came into the station 
and I could see the lights in the distance and oh I got closer God. and closer. I could hear the, 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 the sound of the of the train. I could see these massive wheels, like dark wheels that came on. And I, I tried to press myself against the wall of the platform mm. as much as I could. But I can't remember whether the train ran over my leg and, and arm again. I can't remember that. That's Oh, my God. So, yeah. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. That's just. I'm like, I've made you speechless now. <laughs> I, yeah, I just. It's just so it's just traumatic. And you're just here, like looking so well. I just can't believe this happened to you so recently. I'm so sorry. Yeah, don't worry. I mean, I part part of this fast recovery, I think, is due to the fact that I am telling the story. Mm, yeah. And I'm really happy to be here to tell you this because it helps me. It's cathartic in a way, so it helps yeah. me just relive it, but at the same time, exercise it and process and it. Process, yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, twenty minutes sounds like the longest time in the entire world for you to be there like that. What was going through your mind at that? Or was nothing going through your mind? You were just shouting and just. I guess I, I, I thought about my children a lot, and I could see them in my mind's eye, and that gave me the the courage. It's like you know, mama bear explosion. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like whatever happens to me, I need to go home and be with them. And um, well, the 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 thing was that a month before the accident, my husband and I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, so that was a a dream ten years in the making. Wow. So I think you know the. We got the idea when we had a few too many drinks and we were like, <laughs> we were like, oh yeah, what could we do? Yeah, let's climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And, um, and then it didn't happen for a while because I got pregnant and then I had a small child and then I got pregnant again and I had another <laughs> small child to look after. And then we wanted to book it three years ago, but then COVID happened. So it kept being delayed. And this year, the uh, company that we had paid our deposit to called us up and said that uh, we we can um, go because they had a slot open in August. And we were like, mm, that leaves us two weeks to prepare. <laughs> it's a bit short notice. I mean, I'm not very sporty in general, but then I felt compelled mm. um, to uh, to get in shape in two weeks because we, we said yes at the point. We said, <laughs> you know, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and then we did manage to climb to the top. And weirdly... While I was lying there on 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 those gravels and in the dark and and wet and desperate, um, I thought of myself climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and said, yeah. "You know how it's impossible that I was, you know, so high. I reached that, you know, I was on top of the world one one moment, and then yeah. the next, I'm like crushed on on the floor, hitting rock bottom, quite literally." And uh, and I thought to myself, I got really angry at some point. I was like, I am not going to die. I yeah. climbed Kilimanjaro. I'm not going to die in a dirty ditch in Haibanid of all places. <laughs> no offense, but you know, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah very um, determined at that point not to let go. Fair enough. Like wow. And how long was it? So, so then, someone eventually heard you. Yes. And. What was that moment like when you realised that, like, oh my God, someone's actually, like, I'm, I, I'm getting out of here? So I'm not sure of the identity of the, the individual who heard me eventually, but I remember that they were backlit from the a light from the station. And yeah. to me, they looked like they had 
you know, an aura around them. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, angel-like. A literal <laughs> angel. <laughs> and they, uh, they spoke to me at the time and they, they asked me questions saying, like, do you, do you know your name? Do you know what time it is? Do you know where you are? And so that's how I, you know, it helped remem- reminding me where, what happened. And, uh, and they, they called for help. And uh, yeah, the 911 call, you know, went straight to the um, emergency services, the air ambulance, and uh, and they rushed out to get me. And I'm presuming they stopped all trains. Yeah, so the, yeah. the train, yeah, was stopped at that, yeah. that point. And they called through person under the train. And so at that point, timelines are quite blurry for me. Yeah. I, I don't remember exactly how long I was there. Um but I do remember the the emergency doctor holding my hand yeah. throughout. So he was leaning down from the platform and yeah. holding my hand and talking to me. Yeah. I, I imagine you were also, you'd lost a lot of blood at that point. So actually, I was quite lucky that in a way, my arm and my leg weren't sliced off. They were crushed because if, right. if they would have been cut off, I yeah. would have lost blood really quickly mm. and would my survival right. expectations would be no more than five minutes but because right. um, the the arm and leg were crushed yeah our bodies are really clever so the the the, um, the blood vessels you know compressed and yeah. closed off and so i didn't lose that much blood from those injuries right. but i um i had an injury under my thigh so quite a big laceration i have yeah. no idea how that happened but that's where I lost uh, the most blood. But again, not as much to be life-threatening at that point. So they air-ambulanced you from High Barnet Station to the hospital? Yes. And do you remember any of that, or were you just gone by that point? Um, well, I remember the bit before. So I remember telling the the, the doctor, um, oh, this is taking a lot of time, and... Uh, and I, f- I felt like a lump of ice in my chest that was so, so cold and it started spreading. And I remember telling the doctor, um, sorry, but you will have to hurry up because I think I'm dying right now. And so the doctor was like, no, 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 don't die right now because <laughs> because we've got like, you know, so, so many people on the platform setting everything up and we're going to save you. Oh and so at that moment, the paramedic um, brought out a, uh, a sort of a, I don't know, a plank and they rolled me onto the plank and retrieved me from underneath the train and then swerved me up the platform. Of course, that train was, must have still been there if it hadn't left. And they couldn't get me out through that gap. So no. they had to get me out from underneath the train. Oh, I see. And to the platform. Oh, wow. So was it, so? sorry to jump around, but the person who heard you, was it someone who got off that train? Must have been, yeah. Right, must I see. Okay. Did you Have you found them since? No. Oh, wow. No. Do you they want might, to? Well, yes, because they, you know, they found me, they saved my life. So I would love to meet them. We need to find this person. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We need oh my to God, find, we need this, to find person. this person. Wow. Yeah. God, how amazing you're in. And I, it's, it's, it's amazing you remember them and, and the light around them, but you don't remember. No. The only, know? the only weird thought that I had in my mind is like, oh, it looks like they have red hair and that's probably because of the lighting. And I thought, oh, it's Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Ed Sheeran is saving me, but pretty sure it wasn't. <laughs> so it was a man. It was a man, wasn't it? I think it was a man, yeah. yeah. A rec- yeah. Imagine if it was Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Ed, if you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. And 
And so I remember the feeling of being lifted and put on a stretcher. Mm. And and what's really clever with the air ambulance is that they are not just a transport. They actually treat patients on site. So major trauma um, patients, they can help on site, which is okay. incredible because they have a whole setup. They have, you know, blood transfusion. They have um, a scanner. So they checked all of my body to okay. whether I had any other injuries. Um, they closed off my, my arm and my leg. And I remember them um, saying to me, you're safe now. Um, we're going to give you some strong medication. You will, you know, go to sleep. And I remember it like a shutter going down on my right. eyes and, you know, that, yeah. And did you want to fight that, you know, or were you like, no, I need I need a break from this. Like, I'm in good hands now. I just need to. Yeah, you're right. I, at that point, I felt like a huge relief yeah. that I wasn't on my own on the tracks. But now that I was taken care of by the right I don't know, the right people. Yeah, it's worth mentioning, you know, the Air Ambulance is a charity. Really? Yeah. Like, for, for I had no, I, I didn't know until my mum's friend had an accident. Wow. But it's, it's the most amazing charity in the whole, I mean, like, it's wow, I nuts that. that it is a charity, that it's not funded, but... I know. But they are amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I totally agree with that. And I, I met the, <clears throat> the doctor and the paramedic who saved me. Uh, I, I met him afterwards and uh, I mean that was a magical moment yeah yeah absolutely that's so special yeah. hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. At what point then did you come around after that and were you... I mean, there must have just been a million things going going on in your head when you first woke up. Were you conscious that you'd lost your arm and your leg? So in the in the drive back to the hospital, um, I I remember or that that's basically the, 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 the feedback from the paramedic just telling me that I told them that I needed to get in touch with my husband. I said, somebody needs to call my husband and tell him that I'm here and, and what happened. And they asked me, oh, do you know his number? I said, no, I don't know his number because <laughs> nobody knows anyone's number anymore. So I was like, um, I, it ends in, in this, but I'm not sure. And they couldn't revive my phone because it, it lost, you know, I had no more battery. So they said, oh, you'll have to wait until you get to the hospital. And um, but they they gave me this feedback afterwards. They said we've never seen a patient in um, in in our you know rescue that was so still and calm as you were. You were looking at us. You were making eye contact. You were trying to communicate to us. Um, but you never 
were in panic. You were so still and so calm. Um, and they said, normally patients scream and thrash around. And, yeah. you know, and they said they even offered me some additional pain uh, relief. And I apparently told them, no, I'm fine. I'm good. Which is, you know, and but I remember the sense of calmness and acceptance yeah. and saying like, OK, this happened. Um, they got me. I mean, again, time frame's a bit blurry, but I remember um, dipping in and out of consciousness. I remember at some point arriving at the hospital and in waiting for the operating theater. And um, it must have been a surgeon. And I remember waking up, um, feeling the, um, you know, the silver uh, wrap that they put on yeah. patients when mm. they, you know, to, I remember being cold and feeling that rustling of that, um, that um, wrap. And, uh, and I remember telling them again, somebody needs to help me because I, I feel that that coldness in my chest and it's spreading so this is you know I'm going to die if you don't help me now and they were like yes yes we we we, we have you don't worry um and uh, and then a surgeon asked me to sign a paper because they said in medical terms that my my both um, limbs were not non-viable <laughs> and I was thinking what does that mean non-viable and uh, and they said well we basically need to amputate and I remember thinking, all right, okay. I said, whatever you need to do to keep me alive, please yeah. do it. And okay. Put a cross on underneath that that paperwork, and and then I, I remember um, can, somebody gave me my phone back. Somebody managed to charge it, and they could see that I had quite a lot of missed calls, and they assumed that that was my husband. So they called that number and gave me the phone, and. Uh, by then it was about three o'clock in the morning and that was the worst phone call I've ever oh had to make. And so you told him? Yeah. Wow. And that's, I'm, I'm fairly unemotional to what happened to me. But at that point, every yeah. time I tell that story, I get quite emotional because yeah. it must have been so awful for my husband to get that phone call. And all I managed to say was, um, Jeremy, I was hit by a train and then I hand over to my to, to the nurse who then explained what had happened. And I know that the, the police um rang Sorry. <laughs> sorry, you're all gonna we've all gone. <laughs> sorry. Um and the police arrived at like about three thirty and they told my husband, they said, Look, you need to come into the hospital. My daughters were still in bed um unaware, so my husband had yeah. to call our neighbour. And asked them to come over and mm -hmm. to look after the kids because he had no idea how long I was going to um, stay in hospital for. And then my husband told me that in the in in the drive to the hospital, the the police officers only said to him, "Your wife is alive, but she had a life changing accident." And my husband was so scared because he didn't know what that meant. Yeah. And he's like, "Is she going to be, you know, um, bound to a wheelchair forever? You know." Is she disfigured? Is she? You know, he had no idea, yeah. and um, it took fifteen hours before he could see me. Oh my gosh! So he rushed to hospital, and he was in a waiting room for fifteen hours. Oh my god! Bless him. And was he told? He was told, I, I assume, during that time that you'd lost your arm and your leg. So not at the beginning, but eventually, yeah. he was told that that I was. I was okay that I had yeah. lost these limbs, but that 
um, the operations were successful. And uh, but he couldn't get to see me because I was in the recovery ward, waiting right. for a bed to become free in the trauma ward. And you're not allowed to get people from the outside in that ward. So he was trying to communicate with me, you know, trying to call me, but they wouldn't let him in. And I remember one of the nurses um, all of a sudden went, but but this woman needs to see her husband. He's yeah. been waiting for 15 hours. And she said, oh, sod the rules. We'll oh. go and get your husband. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so, so I remember that was the most emotional moment because my husband was allowed in and my husband never cries. Like he's, you know, a very even keeled person and he came yeah. in and he just burst into tears and it was just this moment <laughs> yeah, like he came in and he just literally and he thought he said like oh I thought you were you were dead I thought you were going to die and I was oh, so God. relieved <laughs> I was so relieved and so imagine like I was full of morphine at that point so I'm just looking at my husband going like hi <laughs> how, how are you and he was like in my arms just going well in my arm going like I'm so glad that you're alive so that was yeah it was such a relief like in the movies you know yeah <laughs> I bet he was just like I was like I can't talk <laughs> so, <laughs> we're crying way more than sorry we're all crying very embarrassing you are I'm like hold it together I can't I'm sorry <laughs> Daisy's looking in like is everything okay <laughs> oh um, my god bless him he must have just been so relieved I mean he must have been initially relieved to hear from you even though you said I've been hit by a train but it was three o'clock in the morning he probably had assumed the worst at this point you know because why wouldn't he hear from you until three o'clock in the morning yeah because I think he assumed that you know going home from work I might have met a colleague and I might have you know decided to go for a drink Friday night you know? mm. um, and I think he was tired as well and at some point just fell asleep thinking that I would you know turn up and then I mean that phone call I wouldn't you know I wouldn't wish that on anyone like that's just yeah the worst horrendous yeah but then I got transferred to um, to the ward, the trauma ward. I was lucky to get a, a room by myself. I think one of the rare advantages to be a woman is that you get a, a, yeah. a room for yourself. Yeah, and then that's when the recovery started. And how did you and your husband broach this with your kids? Very good question, yeah. And I, I didn't tell my kids, and my husband did, so he drove home on the on that Saturday night and the kids had been with our neighbours. Mm. They knew that I was in the hospital because yeah. um, something happened, but they weren't quite sure what it was. How old are they, sorry? Um, eight and twelve. Eight and twelve, okay. And so my husband came home, picked them up from the neighbours and said, look, um, your mum's been in, the, in an accident and she's lost her arm and her leg. Um, so my, my oldest understood right away what that meant. So she was quite emotional, but... My littlest one was just like, okay, and so what happens next? Yeah. My husband told them, well, she's going to have a robot arm and a robot leg. And they were like, wow, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you would think like kids are so resilient and they accept things so quickly. And when they came in to, in, to visit me, I was just like, yeah, no, you know, no issues. We'll just get on with it, you know. And so... Because I accepted it and my husband accepted it. Well, my kids were just like, yeah, we accept it too. Your level of um, 
chill <laughs> it's just amazing you know and to handle it must have been so comforting for your kids to see you like you say just ex- this is our situation now so we're just gonna work together and like get through it and yeah. already I mean yeah four months on and you're here with us today in the studio you have your prosthetic your robot leg <laughs> um, <laughs> how was that recovery like learning I mean to walk again and like live again in your new body so the first week was kind of a blur because the medication was quite intense. So I, I had a, a constant floating feeling because of the, the morphine that I was given. But I remember seeing quite a few of my friends who were completely shocked by this. And I felt that I needed to tell them, guys, it's fine. I'm, I'm OK. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I was able to have like normal conversations because a lot of my friends worried that, you know, I it would have changed something mm. of my you know my character of my way of speaking and and they they hugged me and said like i'm so glad you're still you like this accident hasn't affected you as a person and um uh, and then in week 2 is where hap- where all the changes happened because i was given less less morphine and I, I was morphine and i was i was given some new medication so it was clearer to me what had happened and um, that's when it hit me basically that's when I had you know the big sobbing moments I felt quite lonely I had um, I had nightmares at night like reliving you know the noises in the hospital the beeping reminded me of the beeping of the closing door so mm. yeah week two is when yeah. the crash happened basically where I realized it yeah of course like the mental the mental side of what you've been through it's such a massive trauma have you had help with that like med- 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 medically or otherwise yeah so i i i, I can't floor the nhs mm. for their support there because it wasn't just that they repaired me the surgeons were amazing by the way they had to like take a skin graft from my thigh and and, and fix it on my my arm so but they were so amazing and then not just the surgeons, but then, you know, the, the head of the ward, Dr. Um, Davenport, was the biggest supporter. And um, he made sure that, you know, I was well looked after. I had all of the nurses that were extremely helpful and, uh, and not just, you know, giving me my medication, but also when I had, and it, they were frequent, big wobbles where I started crying, you know, uncontrollably, they were there and they would give me a hug and, you know, always offered me a tea which weirdly is <laughs> it helps <laughs> yeah I was always like okay I'm gonna make you a cup of tea and I always thought why this is not gonna help me it just lost the arm and a leg and yeah. then weirdly the tea is always very comforting <laughs> yeah yeah you I I watched you on this morning and you said I wrote down the words you said that you felt so privileged and grateful to be alive and I wondered if that if that is your if that is the prevailing feeling and is that ever outweighed by a sense of injustice that this happened to you because you're obviously you have to you, you you're now living with the physical impact of what happened and also like we said the psychological impact as well of a massive trauma um do you feel that side of it as well or is or does or does or is the overriding feeling just privilege and gratitude 
That's that's a really good question. And early on, I felt that injustice and say like, why did I fall? Why did this even happen? And I put that in a box because I felt like that feeling was so negative, overwhelming negative, and it had all of the anger and all of the, you know, yeah, the injustice feeling. This is unfair. This should not happen. And I put that all in a box because I needed to focus on the positive because that was what was going to help me heal. And, you know, my thought was I need to get out of here. I need to heal as fast as possible. I need to learn how to walk again because I'm still on my commute to to go home. (laughs) I was still, you know, I still needed to go home. Mm. And uh, yeah, I and I still do that today. I still keep all of these angry feelings in the box and say, at some point, I'll deal with, deal with that. Um, but currently, I'm, I, I want to enjoy life. And I remember the first time my husband drove me in my wheelchair out of the hospital from the 15th floor to the ground floor. And I was outside and it was a day like today, cold but sunny. And I was just elated. The, the sky had never been this blue, ever. <laughs> And so just feeling the sun on my on my skin, I thought, oh my gosh, I am so grateful and privileged to be alive today. And how long was it until you got to finally get home from work via the hospital? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was the longest commute ever for sure. <laughs> um it went through uh the London Royal Hospital, then I had to spend six weeks in rehab. And then um, I got home on the 1st of December. Wow. Oh not that long ago. Not that long no. ago. And home for Christmas. Yes. So that was that was the moment um, I stayed in touch with my children over FaceTime quite a, quite a bit. Um, I, uh, I insisted that we needed to buy an iPad for the little one. Um, the, the older one already had her phone um, so they can they they could feel that they could call me anytime yeah, so yeah, when they were yeah. feeling low um they could just if they were missing me they could yeah. call me and on one occasion um my littlest one was so upset so she was really like in tears and um and she said mommy i have a feeling that you're never going to come home oh. and uh to which i replied no don't worry i will be home for christmas and yeah the surprise was that i was there before Christmas, so first oh. of December, I left the hospital. Bless. I saw that on your Instagram, the 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 screen grabs that you had of FaceTiming your girls. Oh. Yeah, that must Did have been so sorry. That must sorry, have Anne. been so hard to, to not like mum them, yeah. cuddle them. Did they come to visit you in hospital at all? They did. Yeah. What was the first time that they, when they first saw you? Gosh, I think I think my husband prepared them beforehand, saying like you'll see your mom in yeah. in a bed with loads of tubes coming out of everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. but don't worry, that's just normal. Yeah. And they came in and they were a bit shy, <laughs> almost. Yeah. Where they they were like, "Mummy, can we touch you?" And I was like, "No, oh. come on here." You know, it's like I've got one arm left, but I can still give you hugs. You know. Yeah. And so they came in and they sat on the bed and we talked about their school day and we talked about you know what, what had happened to me and you know, how long I was going to be there and they chatted to the nurses and you know, they, they were really interested in, in what happened. And every time a nurse came in to give me one injection or another, they were like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> what does that do to mummy? You know? That's great. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, and then afterwards they came to um, the rehab center as well and they spent like just 
time just sitting on the bed and talking about stuff (laughs) how are you coping with your new way of getting around and living your life like how is walking with a prosthetic and being back in your old life but in your new body like because I imagine um obviously it's very unique doing this in hospital and then in rehab and you learn all that support and then when you come home and you've you've just to do it by yourself how's that adjustment been the good news is that um when I transitioned to rehab after having spent two and a half weeks in in the trauma ward the rehab teaches you to do all of these things um I was really busy actually and I was really excited about the six weeks there because I could feel like things are moving and I, I, I was training every day and it was hard and it didn't work out and then I had to try again and and that you know I, I learned how to climb stairs and not be scared of doing you know going down the stairs um I they tried to teach me how to how to cook they had like a a, a kitchen there so you and I was useless, but that's no surprise. I was useless before. <laughs> 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 so, but that that kind of um, prepared me from you know for coming home. Yeah. But then once you come home, I it's a really different setup because you're on your own. Basically, there's no no one, no physio there to help you. And um, I realised that walking up the stairs I, you know my my bedroom is on the second floor so we've got two flights of stairs to manage and um it was pretty much my husband's approach that helped me because he was kind of right okay well you know you we still do everything we did before but you know you just need a little bit more help and he didn't he didn't make it a big deal and so the kids were, meh. every time now I asked them, oh, can you pass me my stick or can you give me a hand um, to open, you know, a jar? They were just, yeah, yeah, of course. And they're just quite supportive. But the emotional impact, I didn't, I didn't, um, I wasn't prepared for. And so I think I cried every single day, not in front of the kids, um, but there was an hour a day where I completely and I sobbed so hard from like the, the, the you know, these when you're a child and you have this like hiccup. Guttural. Yeah, like yeah. it comes really from like the inside. And I just mourned my 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 arm and my leg. I remember telling my husband, it was a really good arm. Like, why did I not appreciate it more when I had it? You know, yeah. it's like it was a really good leg. It, it you know, helped me get up Kilimanjaro and so I cried a lot and and mostly when I look at myself in the mirror, I still have that today where I look at myself and I, the leg you don't see that much, but the arm and it just looks so ugly. And I remember, like I look at myself in the mirror and just burst into tears and thinking, oh, wow, I had this picture of myself on the beach in Zanzibar after we climbed Kilimanjaro. We, you know, allowed ourselves a few days, you know, on the way back in, in that um, on that magical island and there's a picture of me on the beach you know posing for my husband saying like hi look at me and I look at this picture and I think like oh my gosh you know I didn't appreciate how good I looked then compared to how bad I look now and uh, yeah I still struggle with that today like this body image now is like wow well I mean that seems very normal, I suppose. You've had this huge, you know, your body has changed massively and it's so recent, I guess, is still 
you know, you still need time psychologically to adjust to that. Yeah. 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 But you know what helped is that um, when I, because my kids didn't really see the amputation because I was, at, when I was at hospital, I was, you know, have, had covers on it or pillows on it so they couldn't see it. And I, I think the first time they actually saw my arm and my leg was in, in rehab and it was my oldest daughter who reacted to it and said, oh my gosh, this looks so cute. Oh. <laughs> like your leg, your tiny leg yeah. is so cute. <laughs> Did you not see like if we put googly eyes on it, you know, it would be like it looks oh. like a whale. Like, you know, And oh. I... And then she looked at my arm and she's like, oh, look how cute it is. It looks like a little T-Rex arm. Oh. <laughs> That's such a nice reframe, isn't it? And I, it, exactly, it really changed the way I looked at it. And I was like, actually, yeah, it is. It is cute. Know, it's cute. It's not that ugly. Uh, but it, I saw it through the eyes of my daughters and that helped me you know, just readjust. Yeah. Because, of course, objectively, you know, like we, the way we look at our bodies is we're just so used to one norm but and and you you are gonna take time getting used to what you look like now but it's so beautiful that you can show your kids that despite that you are still out and dressing fabulously and you know like yeah, looking, looking beautiful <laughs> I, I i think it's it's you're not it doesn't feel like and obviously i've met you today but it doesn't feel like you're hiding away from what's happened to you you know you're you're back out in the world so soon yeah. and that must be so amazing for them to see yeah they were so proud when we did um i was i, I was surprised by the uh, by the interest of people i i remember i posted a, a linkedin post um and it was mainly mainly me trying to tell my small you know following guys i'm going to be out of commission for 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 a bit because this happened and i told the story and that post went viral unexpectedly wow. it had like 62000 reactions to it two and a, two thousand and a bit comments people sharing it like thousand oh. shares and I was so surprised by that and I have like so many people like oh you know uh, you're so inspirational I, we can't believe this happened you know and it got like reams and reams of comments like that wow. calling me inspirational and I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> you definitely are yeah, but, you, but, <laughs> they were not wrong <laughs> um I know it's I know it's cliche to ask this of someone who's had a near death experience and you had like what ten times you nearly <laughs> died, um, but I, I would love to know like has it changed your outlook on life now? Yes, I think I when I it's two two events that are related in a way. It's the reaching the top of Mount Kilimanjaro and having a near-death experience and these two combined make it for me it 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 says we are so much stronger than we are like especially women we always I don't know I feel we always get you know downgraded to being you know uh, fragile and I remember when I announced to friends and family that I was going to climb Kilimanjaro they all said the same thing in the way your husband will have an easy time he's six foot four you know full of muscles he'll be fine what about you though you you don't train like you you're tiny how how are you going to you know and the reality is when I climbed it I was the one that had no issues I was there really? we were there eight days 
camping, walking eight hours a day or something. And I was happy. I, I just wanted to be on that mountain. I was like, my eyes open to everything. It's like taking in everything. Like, you know, the, we reached the first gate. I was high-fiving everyone. And the people were like, Sarah, this is the first gate. Like, there's like <laughs> 13 to go. You know, it's like, why are you so excited? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm taking this day by day because I don't know if I'm going to manage to go up there. So I had no pressure. And I enjoyed everything, like every moment on that mountain. And uh, and the last piece of it was the ascent. And that's the tricky one because you arrive at base camp. It's like 4,700 and a bit. I might get it wrong. <laughs> but you're really, really high up and the air is really thin. And the way you 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 um, notice on your body is that you, you sit, but you feel like you're running so you're breathing really fast to get that oxygen in. And the way the way you ascend is um, you start off at midnight. So we got woken up at midnight and put all of our clothes on. And then you head off in the dark up the, the trail. And they tell you, oh, yeah, it's going to be about seven hours to, get, to reach to the top. And you're in complete darkness. You've got a little headlamp on. And then, uh, and then you shuffle. You can't walk fast, so you shuffle your way up. Um, the trail, which goes, you know, like that, so switchback trail up, <laughs> and uh, it was minus twenty degrees Oof. and windy. That's cold, Alex. Just yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thanks Sorry, for I <laughs> it's Celsius, yeah, <laughs> but it's really cold. Trust me. <laughs> and we were just shuffling up there, and at some point, my husband was—he was in front of me. He was going really slowly, and I was like nearly bumping into him. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you know, continue walking, <laughs> and he turned around. And I could see, like, his face was really, like, blue in my spotlight. And his lips were really blue and he was shaking. I was like, oh, my gosh, are you, you are cold. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not okay. And uh, luckily the, the, the guide who was with us had an extra like, a puffer jacket with him and he put it on. But he was having hypothermia, like, early stages of, wow. of wow. hypothermia, like, really shaking. And, you know, the, he couldn't get enough oxygen because he's quite tall, lots of muscles, need lots of oxygen. And me, <laughs> going up there, you know, meditating, you know, all the, the yoga that I, yeah. <laughs> that, I, that I didn't really, you know, do before <laughs> came in handy. And I was like, I'm okay. I mean, I can feel it's cold and, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard, but... I was like, surprisingly okay. So I was the one shouting at my husband, saying, like, <laughs> come on, you can do this. Think of your, you know, think of your daughter, uh, think of, you know, your mom, think of, and, uh, and, and telling him like, you're the one who's doing all of the, you know, the, the gym sessions. You're the one who can do burpees, for God's sakes. You know, it's like, <laughs> you can do this. And I, you know, pushed him up the last few hours. But that's when I noticed that the, 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 your state of mind is the most important thing because physically it's hard yes but if you don't have the mental positiveness to to, to keep going mm. then it gets really hard and so he struggled because he went that hyperthermia and uh, you know it, it ruined his mental state to be negative mm. so for example when the guide was saying like guys it's only you know it's three hours to the top I was thinking oh it's only three hours like mm. you know and my husband was like, oh, my God, it's three hours. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't go, you know, I can't go on. And so your your mental state is super important. I was positive. He was negative. Mm. It was 10 times harder for him than it was for me. But I can tell you, once we got to the, to the, to the top, to that crater rim, 
I mean, the sun rose at that exact moment that we got up there and you cannot imagine how beautiful that sunrise was. It was amazing. All the colors of the rainbow, you know, and just above the, the clouds. And we just hugged and cried because it felt like the true achievement. And I was like, oh, wow, I had doubts and I didn't consider myself as being able to do this. And yet I'm here. And I felt so strong as literally on top of the world and saying like, nothing can nothing can face me now. I, I remember thinking that like yeah. nothing can happen to me now because I achieved this. So that I think is part of what helped me survive this accident. Your positivity is infectious. It just, it, you have such a lovely aura around you that doesn't yeah. feel like you'd be totally justified for feeling which would be bitter or angry or resentful about what's happened to you. But you just, you do seem so genuinely in love with your life, which is so remarkable and beautiful considering everything you've been through. Thank you. I mean, it's the only way, really, because I I made that choice saying like I could be bitter and resentful and scared and you know just hide the way but the opposite I chose the opposite and saying like I loved my life so much before the accident I really felt like confident you know I it was the year 2022 was the year where I almost felt like I needed to enjoy life even more as if I knew that at some point it would possibly change and I ticked off so many things on my bucket list, you know, we had, yeah, all of, you know, those who follow me on Instagram would see that before the accident, we did lots of trips, we have a camper van, we went camping all over England. And yeah, that hopefully I will be able to do that again. With a few adjustments. <laughs> I was going to ask, do you have a bucket list now? Like, have you got your 2023 or further away aspirations? I, I I don't know. I didn't really think about the long term. I just, you know, everything that comes along, I see as a small adventure. Coming here to see you today, in my head, was a small adventure. You know, it's like, oh, great. I get out of the house. <laughs> I get to meet some new people. I get to talk about my experience and hopefully some way inspire somebody else who listens and who feels really bad and saying that you always have the choice, you know. You have to, you can choose to whether be negative and you know feel unhappy but you have the choice that to say like okay i'm gonna be grateful i'm gonna be grateful and happy and you know there's this thing that when you have a near-death experience i had like um, an increase in in sensation on touch so everything i touch i feel 10 times more than i would normally so like a really soft jumper like the skin of my children, like it's, I can feel that. And maybe it's because I lost one hand that the other one is, you know, a little bit more magical and can, but I, it's, it's incredible. It is. So it, this will inspire so many people yeah. listening to, to appreciate what you, it, this is like the overriding thing. I felt the first time I heard you speak and listening to you speak today, it's just to appreciate what you have because this is a, something it's such a freak accident that happened to you and it can just like that you know your whole life can change and yeah I think you're teaching so many people to be grateful for the life that they have whatever that looks like and I just think you're amazing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you thank you you know but it's it's true that you know we so easily we're so um 
privileged in this country that we have, you know, the NHS system. Mm. And I, I, I probably didn't appreciate it as much before. And it's only when you, you know, you, you are in a life and death situation that you think, oh my gosh, I need help. And this is one thing that I realized quite quickly is that before the accident, I was quite um, independent. So I had a lot of friends, but I would never ask for help for anything. I would say, I can deal with it myself. And this independence uh, changed now because I realized quite quickly that no one can be doing it completely on their own all the time. We are, as human beings, we are designed to work together, to live together in society. We are dependent, codependent on each other. And that made me realize, um, you know, we, we are, after all, herd animals. <laughs> We're supposed to be, you know, dependent on other people. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay And there's to nothing wrong with that, exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. It was really hard for me in the beginning, and it was these small details. Um, I remember being at um, a Christmas dinner um, at our friends, and we get served, and it was lovely, delicious food. But there was um, a piece of meat on my... <laughs> on my plate and I looked at it and I thought ah, it looks delicious but I can't cut it yeah. because with one <laughs> hand you can't cut anything and this is where my husband noticed that straight away he noticed yeah. my body language and he just switched uh, plates and just cut the, the, oh. the meat for me and then switched plates again but the lovely thing was that when I took a second helping <laughs> <laughs> my friend who sat on the other side of me just picked up my plate and wordlessly just cut the meat because they'd noticed that before. And that I felt that was so amazing that I didn't even have to ask for help, but because they'd seen my husband do it, they automatically did it as well. I thought that was quite cute. That's really cute. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. And this helps a lot because I, I don't want to be seen as a victim. Mm. You know, that's I, I don't want people to say like, oh, poor you, you know, I because I don't see myself as that. Obviously, the accident is terrible and what happened is horrible and irreversible. And But it has happened and I can't change it. And now I just have to you know, make the best of it. But it doesn't help when people remind me of like how sad all of this is because you know that box with all of these you know negative feelings is still there and it, it's just yeah. feeding it, you know, and I'm mm -hmm. like, no, 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 I, yeah. it's fine. I, you know, I'm okay. Sorry, um, were, you, were you offered counselling by the NHS? I can't remember if we touched on that. I was, we, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, the mental health is also a big aspect of the recovery. So okay. I'm glad that you know, mental health probably yeah. wasn't that much of a, of a focus yeah. um, a few you know, years ago, but now it is. And yeah. I took all the help I could get. I was like, mm. I, you know, occupational therapist, yes, please, you know, a psychologist, yes, please, mm. psychiatrist, yes, please. I took, I took all of the help that yeah. I could get. And, you know, these sessions are really helpful. Um, we touch on, on topics that I don't really think about normal life. Yeah. That box with all the negative feelings that gets unpacked in those sessions. And, that's great. That's what I was yeah. getting at. I was thinking, I hope you have that place to, and, and therapy is, it maybe is that box where you can process everything, can feel those emotions, but then if it, you know, then work through them and leave them there. That's nice that you, you're, you're able to still work through those emotions because they're yeah, bound to be there, I guess, but yeah. it's how you manage them. Exactly. And I, I, I can't say it enough, like for people who struggle, 
you know, please don't think that, you know, you're alone and nobody can help you. Like t therapy has, for me specifically, worked so well. So yeah, I can only recommend it. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> this has been, it's been amazing. A roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> sorry for crying so yeah. much. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you cry. No, but it, it, it is was, quite emotional, and I, I still feel it as well today. That you know, it's so moving. Your story is, yeah. I mean, obviously horrific what happened to you, but just so amazing to see you out the other side of that now, and here and, and mobile, and just with. Yeah, and to hear your yeah gratitude for life is so cool. Like you're so smiley. <laughs> yeah, you're so smiley. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to leave your information. We're going to leave the uh, your Instagram account in the show notes if anybody would like to follow you. Um, you have your. Do you have a just giving link? Yes. yes. So yes. So the the thing that we realised quite quickly is that the NHS is amazing um, for your help for everything on you know. A, a leg injury right. but an arm is so complicated and you know I was quite ambitious from the start saying I please don't give me a Barbie arm because that that is not me I want yeah. an arm that really is fully functional and yeah I'm willing to you know put in the work to learn how to you know instruct a, a mechanical mm. or bionic arm mm -hmm. and um and then we realized quite quickly that you know we needed funds and yeah. um my husband thought of this idea said let's set up a GoFundMe page and uh, and I remember saying he was he put it at quite a high number and I remember saying like no no we're never <laughs> going to get that much money like people you know and then I was so overwhelmed by the help I got it was incredible so many people and the day I I I you know, um, went home on the 1st of December, we reached our target. Wow. It was incredible. And that gave me such a reassurance. A, uh, I didn't know so many people liked me. <laughs> 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 and, and how, you know, that people would get like taken by the story. And, um, and yeah, and now we, you know, we, we would like to continue raise money because I feel like I want to give back to the NHS. The, the air ambulance, as you mentioned, is a charity and they need all the money that they can get to, you know, help people like me. They told me they fly out with that helicopter four to five times a week and uh, and save people from road accidents, car accidents, train accidents like me. Yeah. And they have one helicopter. It's mad. Wow. Well, we need more of that. We do. We're going to put the uh, links to the GoFundMe in the show notes. And we're going to put out a final call out for your angel <laughs> in High Barnet Station on Friday yeah. the 30th of September. Um, if anybody knows who they are, <laughs> we Just need to find them. Yeah, yeah, get in touch. I would love to thank them in person that they, you know, gave my kids their mummy back. I know. Yeah. Oh, don't. <laughs> I can't go again. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming Thank to talk you. to us. You're and we wish welcome. you so, so much love and happiness this year. And we can't wait to see what's next. What's you. next? Yeah. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Thanks. Show that delete that is part of the ACAS Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or 
anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium.